praise the Lord. Well, we appreciate you being in church on Sunday night live. Amen. I like Sunday night church. I like to be in the house of the Lord and worship God whenever I can to be with God's people and to uh, enjoy God's blessings in my life and to get to the opportunity to get to to just minister the Word of God. That's an awesome privilege that we have is the privilege to minister the Word of God. Um, if you'll open your Bibles tonight to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And... Um, we're going to continue tonight, and that's why I wanted to, I, I, you know, we've, we've talked about the two of these power gifts, so I wanted to deal with this third one tonight, and uh, next Sunday night, we won't have service next Sunday night, um, after our Easter service on Sunday morning, give you an opportunity to be with your families, and uh, uh, spend some time with them in the afternoon, so um, I wanted to get into this this evening, and I will do my best not to hold you too long this evening. I preached a little longer than I thought I did this morning, but um, for, a, for a guy with, a, with, a, with the Pentecostal croup, um, amen? <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith or special faith as we found out by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. I'm going to go ahead and stop right there with verse number 9. And then in 1 Corinthians, just across the page or on the next page in your Bible, the 14th chapter and the first verse, it says, Follow after charity or love and desire spiritual gifts. So that's what we've been talking about, desiring spiritual gifts. We are studying um, on Sunday evenings, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit or the manifestations of the Spirit, as the Bible calls them, and refers to these nine giftings as the manifestation of the Spirit that God has placed within the church. These are giftings and manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and they are still within the church today. Now we've kind of we've tried to make that point very clear that there is no place that tells us or any place in the Bible that that remotely refers to these gifts ever being removed from the church or taken away from the church. God put them in the church. They reside in the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. Is the Holy Spirit still within the church? Amen. Does the Holy Spirit reside within the church? These gifts reside within the Holy Spirit. They are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
They're not gifts that are given to individuals for their own personal edification or gratification, but they're the gifts, the manifestation of the Spirit given to the body of Christ. And we, <clears throat> I've told you, you know, the last few weeks that we collectively, as a church collectively, need to be desiring, coveting, praying for, asking God for these manifestations of the Holy Spirit within the church and within our personal lives and to seek, be seeking the Lord for God to use us in these gifts of the Spirit. If there's one thing that we, we want and that is, we desire, that is for the, the, the we want to be a New Testament church. If we are a New Testament church, the pattern for the New Testament church is in the book of Acts. And so we've got to follow that pattern. And I want to be, I want Abundant Life Family Church to be a pattern of, of, of and be a New Testament church. So we want to see the operation manifestation of these gifts of the Spirit. Now we're talking about the group and we've talked about the three different groupings of the gifts. But we're dealing now for the past couple of weeks with these grouping of the gifts of power. And in the gifts of power, within this group of gifts is the gift of faith, or as we, as we found out, that gift of faith is not just simple general faith, but it's special faith. One translation calls it wonder-working faith. And so it's a special surge of faith. It's the faith of God that God drops into your heart in a crisis situation that allows you to have faith, enables you to have faith to believe God for the miraculous in your life. Amen? When, you, when you've gone beyond your regular natural faith, God has a spiritual gift of faith that He will drop in your heart. We've talked about the gift of faith. Last week we dealt with the working of miracles. And in this message tonight, we're going to do our best to discuss the gifts of healing. And in chapter, or in verse number 9, um, Paul says that to another, he mentions the gifts of healing given by the same Spirit. Now, all of these nine spiritual gifts are supernatural. Are you with me? All of these nine gifts, these manifestations of the Spirit are supernatural. And so we must understand the supernatural character of these gifts and we must understand that these gifts being supernatural, then the gifts of healing that are mentioned here in this chapter are supernatural, is a supernatural and are supernatural giftings as well. Are you with me? There are manifestations of the Spirit. So the character of the gifts of healing here are supernatural. The gifts of healings have nothing to do, listen to me, have nothing to do with doctors, with hospitals, with medical science, with biology or anything like that, or human learning of any kind. Because see, listen, there are those who teach, and there's commentaries that I have 
that, that they try to explain these gifts away. And they say, well, these gifts of healing that the Lord has given are the, the, the doctors and the surgeons and the, and, the, and the knowledge of medicine that's been given. So these are, that God has given them the wisdom and the ability to treat our illnesses and to treat and bring healing to our bodies. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, a surgeon can't heal you. A doctor can't heal you. He can prescribe some kind of medicine to take care of the symptoms that you have or he can cut something out of you or, or put something in you, but he cannot heal you. Amen? Hallelujah. So, so we need to understand that. And these people that teach that these gifts are, are, are our doctor's medical science and all of that, they're trying to explain away the supernatural. And so, you know, these gifts are not doctors. It's, it's not what these gifts are at all. Listen, if that was the case, if the doctors and the surgeons and the hospitals and the nurses, and I thank God for all these people, but if that was God's gifts that God gave to bring healing to us, then, then they shouldn't charge anything for it. We are to have, I'm not being a socialist here at all. I'm not a Bernie Sanders man at all. But I can tell you, we, 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 they shouldn't charge anything for it because the gifts of God and the healing power of God, Jesus said concerning that, freely you have received, freely give. Amen. Well, the ability that the doctors have, they didn't freely receive it. They paid a large sum to get that knowledge. But I still believe that God, listen to me, I still believe that God has given wisdom and understanding and knowledge to, these med, to, to medical science to do what they can do. And I'm not opposed to medical science. I'm not opposed to doctors. I'm not opposed. There's some people that are I'm not. I'm not opposed. I don't like to go, and I don't go unless I just absolutely find it a necessity to go. But there's nothing wrong with using a doctor if you need to use a doctor. I'm not saying that at all. There's nothing wrong with getting a prescription from a doctor to help you if you're sick, if you need that. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is that is natural means of healing and not supernatural means of healing. Amen? It's not, you know, does God work with them? Are they working with the Lord? Well, anything that alleviates and relieves the suffering of humanity is working for good and for, for God, or, or, you know, and in the same realm that the Lord works. Amen? I thank God for what they do. I'm not opposed to them. So, you know, I don't want anybody saying, well, our, <clears throat> our preacher doesn't believe in doctors. They do much for humanity, and I'm not saying that. But, but that, is, that is not divine healing. There's a difference in natural healing and supernatural healing and divine healing and healing through natural means. There is a natural healing. Your body, if you cut your arm or your leg, cut yourself, your body will naturally heal itself. God put that in there, amen? You know, if you have surgery and they sew you up, 
that, that wound will, will heal. It'll grow back together. If you break an arm, they put a cast on it. Natural healing process. That bone will mend back together. Amen? That's, not, that's natural healing. Thank God for that. That's not supernatural healing. Supernatural healing would be if you broke a bone and God just put it together and it mended together instantaneously. And that's not beyond the ability of our God to do that. Come on, somebody. Amen? So, what is, what are the gifts of healing? Now, let me give you the definition. The gifts of healing are manifested for the supernatural healing of sickness and disease without natural sources or without natural means. It's the supernatural healing. It's the gifts given by the Holy Spirit, manifested by the Holy Spirit, for supernatural healing of sickness and disease without natural sources or natural means. And we need those gifts in the church, in the body of Christ, in operation today, in the day that we're living in. Do you agree with that? Praise the Lord. The purpose of these gifts the gifts of healing. And, I, and the reason I keep saying these gifts of healing is because there's, this is one of the category gifts that's, that's more than one gift there. So they're gifts of healing. I'll look at that in a moment. But the purpose of these gifts is to deliver the sick and to destroy the works of the devil in the human body. That's what Jesus came to do this, for this purpose. 1 John 3, 8 says... That for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy, come to destroy, to undo, to unloose the works of the devil. Jesus came to undo everything that Satan has done. He came to, to reverse the curse. He came and through what he did at Calvary uh, to, to, to get back everything for us that was lost in that fall when Adam fell in that garden. Amen? And we, he, he's accomplished that. Now, we don't have it all. Don't have a glorified body. You can tell the way I talk. I don't have a glorified body tonight. Amen? But we do have the first fruits. We have the, the down payment. And healing is, is a part of that. God, listen, God wants you as his child. He wants us to be well. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be in health, to prosper and to be in health. As our soul prospers, healing is for you. It's for the church. It's for the body of Christ. That's why Jesus took the stripes on his back. He paid the price in the atonement for our healing, the healing of our bodies as well as the redemption of our soul, the redemption of our body, the healings of our body. Everything that came through that curse, Jesus died to remove that from our life. Come Come on, amen. Woo! Hallelujah. So, so that's what the purpose of these gifts are for. In the Old Testament, we see more of the working of miracles. We talked about that gift of the working of miracles last Sunday night. And so in the Old Testament, and I gave several Old Testament examples of the operation of the gift of the working of miracles. And in the Old Testament, you, it seems like 
that the gift of the working of miracles, which is a, a divine intervention of the Lord in to, to, to change the, the course of nature, the natural course of, of nature, the ordinary course of nature. And we see more miracles, seems like, in the Old Testament. And then when you get over into the New Testament, it, it, it appears, and it's very, well, it's very obvious that in the New Testament, the gifts of healing seem to be more prominent. There's more healings. Even in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, there was more healings of physical sickness and disease in the ministry of Jesus than there was the other miracles. And we mentioned some of the miracles that Jesus, that Jesus did in, in his ministry. But, but when you look at the ministry of Jesus concerning healing, the four gospels are full of the healings that Jesus performed in people's lives. Now, in this 1 Corinthians chapter number, uh, number 12, I want you to notice a few verses here. 1 Corinthians 12 and 9, uh, this the text that we read tonight. It says, to another faith by the same Spirit. To another, notice this, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Notice the word gifts is in the plural. In verse number 28, if you'll drop down, and it says, and God has set some where? In the church. Who set them in the church? God did. Not some other man. No, don't let me go there. And God set some in the church. First, apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After that, miracles. And notice this, gifts of healings. Gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. And then in verse number 30, it says, have all, have all the gifts of healing. Now, uh, in, in verse number 30, both gifts and healings are in the plural. But in the Greek text, and all of those places, all of those verses actually should have been in the plural, because in the Greek text, both the words gifts and healings are in the plural, indicating that there's more, that when you're dealing with this particular gift, it's more than just a single gift, but there's a multiplicity uh, or a plurality of the gifts of healings. There's more than one gift involved here. Somebody would say, well, why is that? I, I believe that this gift is, is plural and there's a multiplicity because of the various different diseases. Now, I'm not going to say that there's a gift of healing for each disease, although that could be the case. I do know that in the in the healing revival of the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And uh, my parents were a product of that. And uh, I grew up around uh, them talking about the great healing revivals. Oral Roberts and A.A. Allen and Jack Cole and some of these great men of God, the great tent preachers and the, the healing revival. Listen, let me tell you something. There were some mighty, some powerful, verifiable miracles and healings that were taking place in those ministers' lives and in those ministries and under those tents. And um, anyway, 
during that time, there was, there was some ministers, it seemed like, that were used more of God in certain areas of healing, and some ministers used more of God in other areas of healing. There were some ministers that, um, that, that had, they had on display under their tents um, wheelchairs and crutches and walkers and things where people had perceived the miracle from God, the healing from God in those meetings and walked off and didn't need that wheelchair anymore, didn't need those crutches anymore. And then there were others that had more, <clears throat> that were more used of God in healing of incurable diseases and cancers and things like that. Some with deafness, some with blindness. So I believe that kind of gives us an idea. Are you following what I'm saying? That there's a, there's a multiplicity of these gifts of healings. And so it doesn't matter what the disease is. Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter what the sickness is. God has a gift of healing to cover that disease no matter what it is. Come on. Woo! Boy, I wish I had some voice tonight. Glory to God. Amen. So in the ministry of Jesus, for example, in the ministry of Jesus, Every, every sickness and disease that was, that was known was healed by the Lord. Right? In, in Matthew 9, 35, it says this, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing, listen to this, every sickness and every disease among the people. In the ministry of Jesus, he didn't just, there was no case that he, would, that he couldn't handle. There was no disease that he couldn't heal. He healed all sickness, every, it says there, every sickness and every disease among the people. Hallelujah. That is because, now, somebody said, you know, and, and we, I want to clarify this as well as we're moving along. I think we know this, we understand this. But in the earthly ministry of Jesus, and I've made this statement before, in the earthly ministry of Jesus, Jesus always was from the time, listen, from the time he was born to the time he died on the cross and to this very day, he was and is the son of almighty God. He is, he was God manifest in the flesh. He is God manifest in the flesh. He never laid aside his deity. He never, he never lost any of his deity. He was always God always 100% God, 100% man. And in his earthly ministry, however, he operated in that ministry not as the Son of God, but as the Son of Man, as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. That's how he operated. So the gifts and the manifestations, the healings that took place in his ministry was the, these gifts of healings by the anointing of the Holy Spirit that were in operation in his ministry and through him. Now the reason why that we read here that he healed, healed every sickness and every disease among the people was because that Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure. 
John 3.34 tells us that he received the Holy Spirit. Remember when Jesus received the Holy Spirit at the Jordan River? When John baptized him in the Jordan River? The heavens opened when he came up out of the water. And the Holy Spirit descended in that bodily form as a dove and came upon him. Amen. God spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. That was the beginning of the earthly ministry of Jesus. He did not listen. He never healed one person. He didn't open one blinded eye. He didn't cause one lame person to walk. There was no lepers healed. Nobody was raised from the dead. No healing, no miracle took place until after that day that he came up out of that water and received the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Those gifts were, the, the, those healings, by, uh, in other words, were the manifestation of those gifts of healing in the ministry of Jesus. So he received, John 3.34 says, Jesus had the absolute fullness of the Holy Spirit. He had the Spirit without measure. We have the Spirit in a measure. I wish we had it without measure. And I think, here's what I believe though. I believe that the, the church, the true church, the real true church collectively, that is a Holy Ghost church, not every church it can be counted in this, but the, the true Spirit-filled church collectively does have the fullness or can have the fullness of the Spirit. But all that fullness of the Spirit was in Jesus in his earthly ministry. My Lord, that's why you saw the mighty healings and the miracles in his ministry. Listen, all of that fullness is still available in the Holy Spirit today. So Jesus, he operated uh, under the anointing, the Bible says in, in Acts 10, 38, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who did? God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about under that anointing of the Holy Ghost and power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. When Jesus, um, when Jesus came into the synagogue that day to announce his earthly ministry, to announce who he was and what he came to do, he, 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 they gave him that scroll. He, he opened that scroll to that place where it was written, which we know as, as Isaiah 61. And Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. Anointed me to preach and to recover the side of the blind, preach deliverance to the captive, set, let the oppressed go free. So it was the anointing, the fullness of the anointing of the Spirit upon Jesus manifesting all the gifts of healings through the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. So people say, well, that was Jesus. But we are the body of Christ. 
We are the body of Christ. So if he, the head, has the fullness of the Spirit, he can give us greater measures and a greater fullness. And I believe that you would agree with me tonight that as the church of Jesus in these last days, we've got to have a greater fullness and a greater measure of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Come on. Amen. So Jesus healed, and I'm not going to take time. I, I, I wish I had the time to do this. But he healed the blind. He healed the lame. He healed lepers. He healed the deaf. He caused the mute to be able to speak. Every sickness and every disease. Let me just give you a few real quickly. I'll just, I'll just read through them. Uh, in Matthew 4, 23, it says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought in him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those which had the palsy and he healed them. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In, 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 in Matthew, then over in the 14th chapter and the 14th verse, the 14th chapter and the 14th verse and, and started to say the 14th voice. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. Drop down to the 36th verse. And, he, and, they, and they besought him. Verse 35. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into that country round about and brought unto him all, listen to this, all that were diseased. And they besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Glory be to God. There's more verses. There's, there's, there's tons of scriptures that we could read tonight showing the, the ministry of healing uh, in the life of Jesus. But as I said, the blind received their sight. The lame were made whole. The lepers were instantly cleansed. The deaf were able to instantly hear. This was through those gifts of healing operating in our Lord Jesus Christ. And can I encourage you tonight that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the Son of God today, seated on the throne of Almighty God. Hallelujah has all authority and all power in heaven and earth and he is still the healer today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's no sickness he cannot heal. There's no disease that he cannot cure. There are no incurable cases with Jesus Christ. With medical science, yes. With doctors, yes. But with Jesus Christ, there is nothing that is incurable. He is the healer. He wants us well and healed. Come on, amen. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. But after the death and resurrection of the Lord and the ascension of the Lord back to heaven, and we read to you last week um, in John 14, 12, where Jesus had said, He that believes on me, the works that I do, 
shall he do also in greater works than these because I go to my father. And he had went to the father. He, had, he was going back to the father and he said, I'm going to the father, but I'll not leave you orphans. I'll not leave you comfortless. I'm going to pray the father, send back the Holy Ghost. Well, that's the reason he said that the church would be able, the church, listen to me, the church and believers would be able to do those works that he did in his earthly ministry because he was sending us the same Holy Ghost that he operated in in his ministry. Not a different Holy Ghost, the same Holy Ghost. Acts 1 and 8 said, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. The same Holy Ghost Jesus had was the same Holy Ghost that he poured out upon his church. The same Holy Ghost Peter and James and John and Paul and those 120 God in that upper room, that's the same Holy Ghost that's, that's living in you. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost tonight, you've got the same Holy Ghost. He's not twins. Amen. And that same power is available to the church. So in the book of Acts, we see the continuation of the ministry of Jesus. In Acts chapter 1, that ch Acts chapter 1 begins by, by, by Luke writing to Theophilus and saying he was, he, was, he was writing concerning the things that Jesus began to do and to teach. Jesus didn't end it. Amen. He began that ministry and passed. Remember that message here a while back I preached on Wednesday night about the mantle of Elijah. He sent the man, he gave the mantle, passed it on to the church and gave gifts. He ascended on high and gave gifts unto men. Glory to God. So in the book of Acts we see these gifts of healings manifested as well. Now, you know, in my Bible, it says the Acts of the Apostles. Probably does in yours too. But that isn't right. It's, it should say the Acts of the Holy Ghost. Because it wasn't just Acts of the Apostles. There was Acts of deacons, and there was Acts of just regular church lay members. Whoever God could use and desired to use, he used. Amen? And in, listen, Jesus said, Jesus said in Mark 16, before he ascended, he gave, that, he gave them that commission. And he said that these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Doesn't mean handling snakes. Don't, don't go there. They, <laughs> amen. That's referring to what, brother? That's, that's this thing, see. That's that. Amen. If, 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 they, if a serpent bites you, just shake it off. Amen. But they, they shall take up serpents. If they eat or any deadly thing, drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Doesn't mean just you can just drink arsenic and, and claim immunity. No, if you're accidentally poisoned, if you accidentally eat some food that is bad, you, you, can, you can pray and believe God that it won't hurt you. Not that you just go out eating rotten food. Amen. <laughs> but the fifth sign was, he said, and they shall what? Believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So these are signs that Jesus said would follow them that believe. 
Not signs that would follow apostles. Not signs that would follow preachers. Not signs that would follow evangelists. Not signs that would follow prophets. But signs that would follow them that believe. How many believers have we got here in this Sunday night church tonight? Amen? Hallelujah. Now I'm telling you that's what the Lord Jesus said. Hallelujah. We need to believe this. And so, so the ministries of healing and the gifts of healing that were in operation in the book of Acts were operated, yes, through the apostles, but not the apostles only. We see that. We see that in the book of Acts. But the first healing and the first operation of this gift or these gifts of healing took place after the day of Pentecost took place in Acts chapter 3. And we'll just touch on it briefly because you all are familiar with it, but Peter and John are going to the temple uh, for prayer meeting. Amen? They got, this, they got this power of the Holy Ghost in a prayer meeting, and they had to keep going to prayer meeting to keep full of the Holy Ghost. I just thought I'd throw that in. Amen. But they're on their way to the temple at the hour of prayer. And there's a lame man sitting at the gate, beautiful, of the temple. And he's sitting there. The Bible said that he was lame from his mother's womb. He was above 40 years old. We find out later he never had walked. And he's sitting there every day. Jesus had walked by this man. He had to have. If he, if when Jesus went in the temple, if that man was sitting there every day, gee, why didn't Jesus heal him? I don't know. Maybe he just didn't. This guy wasn't ready for it. I don't know. It's, you know, we've got to look at God's timing as well. But what I do know is this. He was laying there, and he, and he lifted up his cup to, to beg and to ask for an alm. And all of a sudden, Peter and John looked at him, and he said, Peter said to him, said, uh, well, you know, look on us. He said, but and he said, I have, don't have any silver and gold. Silver and gold, I don't have any of that. Uh, didn't, you know, some preacher said, well, he had it. He just left his billfold at home. I don't know if he had it or not. He said he didn't have it. He was broke. Amen. Doesn't matter. I'll tell you one thing. You can have all the silver and gold you want to, but I'll take what Peter had any day over all the silver and gold you can pile in this room. Glory to God. He said, I don't have any silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. He said, I got something that's better than a dollar that I can put in your cup. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand, lifted him up, and immediately, this is the gifts of healing. It wasn't a natural healing. He didn't go through some kind of uh, physical therapy, but immediately, his feet and ankle bones received strength. Whatever was wrong with him that caused him all of his life never to be able to run and play with the other little boys and girls. Whatever was wrong with him that kept him crippled all those years, whatever it was, when that power transfer came out of the hand of Peter into the body of that layman, he jumped up and started praising God and shouting and running and leaping and praising God. Woo! I can't behave, can I? It's impossible said that he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. That's the gifts of healing and operation and manifestation. Amen? It was an instantaneous thing. So that was the first instance of healing. Philip, well, Peter again, though, even in the book of Acts, you read in the fifth chapter where the healings, you know, the word got out. 
that God was using these men in the healing ministry. And, 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 and they, the Bible says that they brought the sick. They brought them and they laid them on beds and stretchers and couches out in the street just so the, that Peter passing by, they knew where he was going to be that day. And just maybe the shadow of Peter passing by would overshadow them and they would be healed. My God, is that some kind? That's an act of faith to do that. But there was such a power. There was such a power in that early church, in that book of Acts church. That was the gifts of healing and operation. Amen. So then there was this guy by the name of Philip. And Philip Philip was a deacon. Amen. All the deacons listening tonight. Amen. Philip was a deacon. He was one of the chosen seven. Him and Stephen. And when you read about Stephen in Acts 6, I believe it's 6 and 8, it says that Stephen was full of faith and power. And that he and that mighty signs and miracles and wonders and miracles were done by Stephen. There it is. Thank you, Sister Yvette. And he was full of great wonders and miracles he did among the people. He wasn't an apostle. Listen to me. He wasn't an apostle. He wasn't a prophet. He was a deacon that was full of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Amen. And so Philip as well was a deacon. He was full of the Holy Ghost. And at the dispersion of the church during the persecution, Philip went down to Samaria. He went down there into Samaria and he began to preach. And he preached Christ to the people. And the Bible said that the people with all, with one accord, gave heed to the things that Philip said and preached, seeing and hearing, uh, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Because it said, here's what happened under this ministry of Philip the deacon, who is now turned evangelist. Unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them and many that were lame and that had the palsy were healed and there was great joy in that city. That was a manifestation of the gifts of healing. There was great revival in Samaria. There was such healing and miracles that even that old sorcerer Simon who had bewitched the people when he saw these healings and he saw these miracles that were taking place he himself believed in the Lord and was baptized. Are you listening to me? My God, how desperately this church and every church needs these gifts and manifestations in our church today. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul was in the city of Lystra. There was another lame man incident here, a lame man from Lystra. And again, this man had never walked. He had been lame all of his life. But the Bible says in Acts 14, 7 through 10, you can look it up and read it when you get home. But the same, this guy heard Paul preaching. It said that Paul was preaching the gospel there to him. He was preaching the word to him. And while this man heard the preaching, of the Apostle Paul, it, it, it stirred something in his heart and it stirred up faith. And, and the Bible says that Paul perceived that this man had faith to be healed and he didn't lay hands on him, he didn't pray for him, he didn't anoint him with oil. But listen, that gift, one of those gifts of healing began to manifest through Paul and he just looked at that guy and he said, Stand up! 
up on your feet. And immediately he jumped up, healed by the power of God. Somebody said, oh, you're dreaming. These are fairy tales. These, are, these, these aren't true. These are true stories about the power of the same God that you and I serve here tonight. Oh, hallelujah. I think we need to pray for the Lord to increase our faith a little bit. Amen? Hallelujah. Can you, t can you stand just a little bit more? I think my voice can go just a little bit more. I'm almost done. In Acts chapter 19. I love this verse. In Acts chapter 19 and verse 11. said, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought to the sick. Now these are sick folks that couldn't get to, the, to, the, to where Paul was ministering. But from his body were brought to the sick handkerchiefs and aprons. And notice this, when those handkerchiefs and aprons were brought to the sick, it said that the diseases departed from them. Oh, hallelujah. That's the gifts of healing in operation. Amen. It was, it was something that, that, you know, it was, it was a transference of that healing anointing through the gifts of healing into those handkerchiefs and into those aprons. Somebody said, does that real, listen, the anointing is a tangible, the anointing of God is a tangible thing. And the anointing of God can be transferred. The anointing of God was in that mantle of Elijah that Elisha picked up. Amen. The anointing of God flowed from, from the prayer shawl, the border of the garment of Jesus into a woman that had been sick for 12 years. The anointing came through that garment and healed her. And it's this same tangible anointing anointing that went into the handkerchiefs and the aprons that were taken to the sick and the diseased and the demon possessed and caused the, the anointing and the healing power caused the disease to depart from them. Woo! Hallelujah. That's why we have prayer clause up here. When the church comes together if there are sometimes people that can't come to the service because of their physical condition. But when this church is together, let me tell you, if a church can come together like this, a, a group of believers like this, full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith and full of the power of God, corporately there is an anointing here. Corporately there is an anointing and it's the anointing that destroys the yoke and it's the anointing that re releases and removes the burden and it's the anointing that drives out sicknesses and diseases. And when that person can't get here, praise God. We can pray over a cloth or a handkerchief and the same anointing can go to where they are. Woo, it's the gifts of healing. And I've saw this. We don't use it as a, as a magic talisman or something like that or a good luck charm. No, it's, the, it's supernatural healing. It's supernatural healing. It's not healing through natural means at all, but it's supernatural healing. 
Brother John, when he was here, talked about it the night he preached on the snake, on the snake bit. But he talked about how that Paul went through that island of Malta when he was there. And there was one of the main dudes on the island. Uh, his father was his father. Publius was sick of uh, one, it was, it said a, a bloody uh, flux or the dysentery, one translation says. He was very sick. And Paul went in and laid hands on him and healed him. The Bible said Paul laid hands on him and healed him. Did Paul heal him? No. The inference was that he did, but no. It was the Holy Ghost in Paul. It was the gift of the Holy Ghost, of the gift of, of, of healing working through Paul that healed Publius of that dysentery, of that disease. He was healed. He was healed instantly. Listen, listen, listen. Luke was traveling with Paul, and Luke was what? Who knows who Luke was? Luke was a doctor. Luke was a physician. Paul didn't say, Luke, go in there and examine him and see if you can write him out a prescription or give him a shot or give him something that'll make him feel better. Paul wasn't using a natural physician for this. He went in and laid hands on him, and through the gift of, a, of gifts of healing, that man was raised up by the power of God. There is a force and a power that's greater than natural healing. And again, I say, I'm, I'm not saying that we don't use medical science, but I'm going to tell you one thing that I think that has been a downfall in Pentecostals. Now it's going to get quiet, isn't it? I think, this is my own personal belief, but I really believe this, that we've come to the place where we depend more on what the doctors can do then we depend on what Jesus can do. Hmm. I just throw that in as a little tidbit. But I believe that's the case. Because there was a day, and like I say, my parents came up in that. There was a day. Man, they, they believed God for healing for their kids. Amen. They prayed and believed God. I'm going to tell you what, Vicki and I did. When our kids were, when our older kids were coming up and growing up, we, we pastored little old churches, little teeny churches running 15 and 20 and 30. We didn't have any money. We didn't have, they didn't pay us nothing. We was trying to pastor full time and minister. They didn't provide us insurance benefits. We didn't have hospitalization. We didn't have all that. I'm going to tell you what, when our kids got sick, we knew, what, we knew what we had to do. We had to believe the Lord for their healing. And God came through. Come on. It's too, it's too, oh, I'm preaching better than we're amen. It's too easy now. We can run to urgent care. We can go here, go there. Nothing wrong with that. But my Lord, what's happened to us as Pentecostal believers that we no longer put our faith and our trust in Jesus. When we were pastoring in Butler, Missouri, nobody knows where that's at. Trust me, you don't want to know. You don't want to go there. <laughs> little bitty old town about 15 miles from the Kansas line, and it's a desolate little place. When we first moved there, I mean, Vicki was upset because, I mean, we were going through some persecution because... Uh, I mean, a real trial because we got there and they didn't even have a Walmart. The nearest Walmart was 15 miles away. So she was freaking out. Had one restaurant there, one little restaurant. 
Wasn't nothing there much. But we were pastoring there. We went there. The church was split, and it was divided. We had 13 people. This was our first church. We're getting broke into the ministry. And 13 people, and they had, none of them liked one another. They fought all the time. I thought, dear Lord, what in the world have I got into? When I tried out for the church, I preached. I'll never forget what I preached. I preached a message. What I would do if I was the devil. And I thought, well, they'll never vote me in. And they voted me in on that message. So I just took it as a sign from God and went there. And we were there pastoring. But it was, it was during that time that... Um, you know, we were believing God for our kids' healing. But our, our, our youngest son, Gabriel, and uh, he, he always was having these ear infections. Every year he'd get those ear infections. And so we did uh, take him. We did take him to a doctor and, and to get him some antibiotics. And he examined. He said, well, he's got to have tubes in his ears because he has these ear infections all the time. There's, he's got to have this surgery and have tubes in his ears. God knows well, there was no way that we could pay for anything like that. And so we went back home, and I remember we brought him, glory to God, we brought that little fella up before the church and had the church. By this time, I'd preached enough, I got them halfway liking one another. Amen. So <laughs> we got him up there, and we prayed for him and, and, and asked the Lord to heal him. We had to go back. Listen to me. We had to go back for a, for a follow-up visit with that, with that. I don't remember if it was that same doctor or another one, but we went back for that follow-up visit and that doctor examined him and looked at him and said there ain't nothing wrong with this child he don't need no tubes he don't need no surgery come on somebody oh was there a misdiagnosis no sir I'm telling you God healed him hallelujah God healed him I've told the story of our oldest daughter Nikki and uh, how that when she was little she was just I don't remember how old she was two or three years old but she would have seizure she would go into convulsions just out of nowhere she would just fall she'd be playing she'd just fall and start start uh, you know going in just seizing and everything convulsing and her eyes roll back and and um, Mike and she, Mike Mike Moore my cousin Mike that comes here his mother was babysitting for uh, for Nikki and she would have them at her house and uh, of course I had people in my family kept telling me get her to the doctor she's got epilepsy you got to get her checked out with they was diagnosing everything that was wrong with her. I was young in the Lord, but I'd been, I'd just got saved. I hadn't been saved long. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I studied and read my Bible. And if there was one thing I knew, I knew God was a big God. I knew he was a big God. Are you listening to me? I was over to Buddy's house, over to uh, another young preacher in our church. We had been, we'd get together and study together and pray together and we'd, we'd, we'd read the Bible together and talk about the Lord and was over at his house and Vicki called me and she said, Nikki's just had another seizure. So I told Brother Don, I said to Brother Don, come on, you go with me. Said I said, this is it, this is it. I was so mad at the devil. I said, I'm not, we're not having this no more. And we went to the house and she was laid. Uh, Vicki had her laid in there on the bed, just limp. She was just limp as a dish rag. And me and Brother Don went in there. I said, you get on this side. I'm getting on this side. We knelt down on each side of that bed and we began to pray <laughs> and we began to seek God and we began to rebuke the devil and we began to call on Jesus. Come on, somebody. 
I'm telling you, she woke up from that. She woke up from that. And from that day to this day, she has never, ever had another seizure one. I'm talking about Jesus that is our healer. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I said. We sell God so short. We sell him so short. We have to ask the question, and people ask the question all the time. There's, there's so many questions, and worship team, you can come on back. There's so many questions about healing. Why are some healed and some not? Well, I can't answer all those questions. I don't have the answer to all of that. But I do know this. That just because someone does or does not get healed, if they don't get healed, that still doesn't negate the power of God. It still does not negate the reality of the gifts of healing in the church today. Thank God, listen, whether there's a gift in operation or not, we can still be healed even without the operation of the gifts of the healing. Amen. There are other ways and means that God heals the sick outside of the gifts of healing that are still divine and supernatural. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, you can receive healing by simple faith in God's Word and by the prayer of faith and the anointing of oil. Amen. And the prayer of faith by the elders, even if a gift is not in operation or manifestation. James talks about that. Call for the elders. Anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Amen. You can believe God yourself for your healing and pray the prayer of faith. Or someone else can pray the prayer of faith for you. We want to see these gifts manifested. We want these gifts. We can't, we don't, but there's not a toggle switch that I can say, well, I just need to turn on the gift of healing. Now, there's some preachers think they can do that, but they can't. They're manifest as the Spirit of God wills. But God wants us well. God wants us healed. Vicki and I are, we're, we're still, we're believing God for her condition, her situation. We believe in God for that. Amen. I know who God is. I know what God can do. Amen. But the reality is God wants those gifts operating in the church. I told you the story that when I was in the second grade and I developed something wrong with my, with my foot, I started limping. It was hurting so bad. And my mom thought that I was just trying to cut school, just not wanting to go to school. So she just thought I was putting on. Not moi, Ricky, put on. And so it finally got to where I, I, I couldn't put any weight on it. It hurt so bad. I'm in the second grade, however old that is, seven years old or whatever, eight. And I, and I got to where I had to crawl. I couldn't walk. So finally they took me to a doctor and they put me in Southeast Hospital in Cape. I was in the hospital as a second grader for two solid weeks. Couldn't get up, couldn't walk. That foot hurt so bad. They did all kinds of x-rays and tests and things. 
And one of the guys that was a nurse there and uh, had talked to my uncle, who my uncle was a, was a preacher at that time. And he told him that they really thought, they were pretty sure, they were getting ready to do a thing where they draw bone marrow or something out of you. But they said, we're pretty sure that, that the boy has bone cancer. That was what they thought. Of course, I didn't know any of this. But I do know this, that they, my uncle and aunt came up, and I can remember this, to that hospital room, stood by my hospital bed. And they took a little bottle of oil and anointed me and laid hands on me and prayed for my healing. I didn't feel bolts of lightning. I mean, I'm a second grader. I don't know what you're supposed to feel, but I did believe in that prayer. I just knew that Earl and Sylvie had prayed for me. My aunt and uncle had prayed for me. And, and that it was going to be okay. And my dad came up there. My dad, my dad came up not long after that. Because, see, now everybody's coming to see me now. They think I ain't going to be there long, I guess. My mom and dad, you know, they were divorced. But my dad came up there. And uh, he, he said, Brother, Brother Rick, he said, Ricky, do you... <laughs> Do you want me to have Brother Ledbetter to come? Brother Ledbetter was the, had been their pastor at First Assembly of God there in Cape. Later he came from there and pastored Iron Mountain Assembly. Brother Ledbetter did. Pastored at Iron Mountain after that. Said, you want me to call? He may have been at Iron Mountain at that time. Said, you want me to call Brother Ledbetter and have Brother Ledbetter to come and pray for you? And I'll never forget what my answer was to him. I said, no, you don't have to do that, Dad. I said, Sylvia and Earl already prayed for me. I just was confident that everything was going to be all right. The faith, the faith of a little child. Amen. Jesus said just, if you can get have faith as just a little child, enter the kingdom of God as a little child. Now, they never did stick the needle in and draw any bone marrow out. But I tell you what did happen. What did happen was I began to amend and to recover and get better and the pain went away and the pain subsided and they let me go home and I went back to a natural, normal, somewhat normal life. Amen. And, and, and I'm still here today. Amen. Was it bone cancer? I don't know if it was or not. They never diagnosed that. That was what they thought that it was. But if it was, Jesus took care of it. Jesus healed. Jesus healed. Oh, yeah. See, the devil would like to take us out if, if he knows God's got a calling or a plan for us. But oh, hallelujah. I thank God today that, that Jesus Christ is still the healer and these gifts of healing are still for the church of Jesus today. Stand with me tonight, would you?